Welcome back, I'm Hermine. In an era of seeking to reduce our environmental footprint, it is essential to ensure that our products enjoy a full life cycle before being disposed of. But eventually, everything has an expiry date. So good waste management is also critical. The stakes are even higher when it comes to toxic and hazardous waste. Because in addition to being harmful to our planet and all its inhabitants, it is much more complex to deal with, more difficult to sort, more expensive to manage and more challenging to recycle properly or to dispose of in a clean way. While households produce some of this waste, used batteries, cleaning products, electronic devices and so on, 75% of the EU's hazardous waste comes from manufacturing, water and waste treatment, construction and mining, highlights Samuel Kolev from Bulgaria's Friends of Water Association in a conversation with our BNR colleague Tanya Balabanova-Yekova. When we think about pollution, our daily life is filled with these materials. We're talking about batteries, TVs, solar panels, but much of our toxic waste comes from construction, laboratories and hospitals, and also from shops and agriculture. The pollution of our world is a huge problem because we're locked in a cycle that we cannot get out of. In 2018, some 102 million tonnes of hazardous and toxic waste were produced in EU countries, up 26% on 2004 figures, and this despite the existence of legislation to limit its production. So how is this waste treated? Do citizens know what to do with toxic household waste? And what are the obstacles they face when trying to dispose of it safely? It goes without saying that the first step should be to generate less waste. However, some of it cannot be avoided. Yet less than half of the EU's hazardous waste is currently recycled. And this needs to change, as Nikola Miladinov from the European Commission's representative office in Bulgaria tells Tania. Along with protecting human health, EU waste regulations have a long-term goal of achieving zero toxicity in the environment. The fewer chemicals that are produced, the more this contributes to the fight against climate change. Only 38% of waste in the EU is recycled, and statistics show that each of us generate an average of five tonnes of waste a year. The EU's circular economy policy aims at prevention, to encourage industry, consumers and commerce to produce no waste at all. Tomasz Tisch, an expert from Polish think tank the Sobieski Institute, an author of several reports on waste management, explains to Polskie Radio's Katarina Zeman how waste management is organized in Poland. Since 2013, Polish municipalities are responsible for collecting, managing and sorting all types of waste generated on their territory. Selective collection points have been set up for hazardous household waste. Yet it is an uphill struggle, says Tisch, as people often do not know or care that the waste they throw away may be toxic. We're at the beginning of the road. It's a matter of getting used to it. It's a question of habit. It's a question of proximity to these selective waste collection points. It's a question of how the system is organized by town halls. It's also a question of environmental education. Essentially, that by throwing hazardous waste into the mixed municipal waste, we're harming ourselves. 
One solution to which many EU countries have turned is to send this waste to another country, either inside or outside the bloc, for treatment or disposal. Yet evidence suggests that all too often it is not treated, but instead disposed of directly. In 2018, 22% of the 7.6 million tons of exported hazardous waste met this fate. In 2021, the European Commission proposed a ban on all intra- and extra-EU shipments of waste, except in cases where a member state demonstrates that it is not technically or economically able to process and dispose of the waste itself. If Portugal is anything to go by, fear of sanctions could indeed force waste-exporting countries to change their ways. Manuel Simões, Managing Director of Ecodil, a Portuguese company that manages hazardous waste, explains to Radio Nascença Cristina Nascimento how pressure from the Commission led to the domestic treatment of hazardous waste in his country. It all began in early 2000. The Portuguese state had no control over the hazardous waste that existed in Portugal, and it risked being fined by the European Commission for not being self-sufficient in its treatment of this hazardous waste. In other words, it had no facilities to treat hazardous waste. Some of it was simply exported to Spain or France for treatment. The rest was sent to quarries, landfills, illegal sites. Some was even declassified. In 2002 and 2003, the Portuguese government decided to create the model of hazardous waste management that exists today, which I consider to be one of the most advanced models at European level. Elsewhere in Europe, hazardous waste is still piling up and waiting to be dealt with. And the longer it hangs around, the more it pollutes and the more expensive it is to clean up. Euronet Plus journalist Xila Adam speaks to Jerzy Simon, an environmental chemist at Greenpeace Hungary, who explains that thousands of areas are awaiting cleanup in Hungary, but there are arguments over who should foot the bill. There are many areas where it's hopeless, impossible to predict who will carry out the cleanup and when. There are companies that were operating up to the early 2000s and then filed for bankruptcy. Now the liquidator is obliged to do the cleanup. Understandably, a liquidator will not carry out a multi-trillion dollar cleanup. A typical example of this is the Budapest chemical works contamination. There are also places where the cleanup is not being done and we simply don't understand why. An example of this is the site of the gas factory in Obuda, where 35 years ago the state authority obliged the state-owned company to clean up the site. It's not clear why the state authority has not been able to force the publicly owned company to take action to stop carcinogenic poisons from leaking into the Danube over several decades. With any such expensive business, some do stand to gain from it, of course. The more dangerous the waste, the more costly it is to dispose of it legally and the more tempting it is for criminal organisations to get involved. In Italy, for example, Mafia networks have jumped at the opportunity to make lucrative profits by providing a solution, one that is not always strictly legal, to the thorny issue of toxic and hazardous waste. Giulia Cannizzaro from Radio 24 in Milan meets Stefano Ciafani, an environmental engineer and a national president of well-known environmental not-for-profit Legambiente, to ask him about Italy's illegal waste trade. Nel 2021 sono stati accertati 
quasi 8500 reati. In 2021, almost 8,500 crimes were detected on the waste chain in our country. This is the supply chain in which we see the most arrests, and it's also the crime that results in the highest number of seizures. This confirms what Lega Ambiente began by saying, when we started this adventure in 1994, that the illegal waste and cement cycles were the two cycles in which criminal organizations were most involved. Also, because at the time there were essentially no risks. You committed crimes, you made a lot of money and you risked nothing. Nowadays, with its regulatory instruments, the state is able to fight these phenomena. But let's just say that there are some criminal organizations and some waste traffickers who can be classed as serial offenders and who often turn up time and again in different investigations. Intervening after an environmental crime has been committed is one thing. But preventive action is essential. Yet, this is easier said than done. In 2016, the Italian Parliament unanimously approved a national environmental protection law to standardize preventive controls across the country. But the implementing decrees have still not been approved seven years later. The situation is similar across much of the Union. Although member states have transposed the EU's new stricter requirements into national legislation, they often encounter challenges in applying them, in particular when it comes to the traceability of hazardous waste and the ban on mixing different types of waste. They said the EU's new rules have led to 2.3 million tons of waste being seized in Italy between the beginning of 2021 and the end of July 2022. Enormous environmental damage is caused by the trafficking and illegal disposal of wastes, not only in Italy, but across the EU. Such offences must therefore be strongly sanctioned. Often, a hefty deterrent is the only way to get people to do the right thing, concedes Tania Bolte, director of the Environmental Directorate at Slovenia's Ministry of the Environment, Climate and Energy, in an interview with Barut Kampusch, our colleague at RTV Slovenia. There's also something about fines, because unfortunately we're human beings in the sense that once we've had to pay a fine, we might think a little differently. In any case, it's also crucial to inform the public so that residents know what to do with their waste. For us and future generations, and of course nature itself, it's totally misguided to think that there will be no impact if hazardous waste is dumped somewhere in nature. But the more light we shine on this issue, and the more improvement we will see. Sole de vecite a waste policy advisor to Lithuania's Ministry of the Environment, tells Augusta Riberite from Giniuradias that Lithuanias is seeing fewer and fewer cases of harmful waste being disposed of incorrectly, owing to a greater awareness of the rules among citizens and businesses alike. From the surveys that we carry out from time to time, we can see that interest and awareness is really increasing. Sometimes residents even teach each other how to behave and where to dispose of waste properly, as well as stopping those who misbehave. If there's a case of improper disposal, more often than not, this is down to ignorance. We're trying to find new ways of reaching those who don't yet know or those who have not yet shown any interest in this topic. But we don't see it as a malicious behaviour when it comes to residents. Those piles that we sometimes see in forests? We have to point out that they can also originate from a business, whether small or big. It's clear that a lot of commercial waste is dumped. Certainly not all businesses do this, even among businesses, awareness is obviously increasing. 
They each pay attention to what others are doing. But increasing awareness about safe waste disposal inevitably brings us full circle to an increasing awareness of the need to produce less waste in the first place. Laima Kublina from Zala Josta, a Latvian company providing responsible waste management solutions, makes this case to our colleagues at Latvia's radio. We need to be aware that it's not someone else's responsibility to collect the waste we produce, but our responsibility to dispose of it if we've produced it. And we can change our behaviour by influencing how much waste we produce. For example, by not buying unnecessary things or by buying things that will last longer instead of only lasting a few months. On the other hand, both waste managers and the state need to work to make waste management, disposal and sorting easy and accessible for everyone. And the traders themselves who generate this potential waste also have a role to play. That is to say, to put into circulation things that can be recycled and given a second life. If the first step for society is to generate less waste, we need better processes, enhanced materials and upgraded technology to achieve this. In our next episode, we will meet with European designers who have made it their job to improve our planet's prospects. Stay tuned!